You're listening to My Solo Road by Divine Media. Hello, friends. Welcome back to My Solo Road. Hi. How are you? Also, where are you? I am still personally in Southern California, another week, same spot. However, I am still bouncing between Joshua Tree and San Diego. So I just left Joshua Tree and now I am back in San Diego. And next week I could be back in Joshua Tree. It really goes back and forth. Essentially, I have to be in Southern California and I know... I'm just saying it again in case this is someone's first time listening, but we've all heard it. I am waiting for the new van to be done. It will be done by the end of this month, February. And while I am waiting, I like have to be in San Diego to get actual things done and also see the van and check in on the van. And then I get tired of being in a city. So then I go to Joshua Tree and I camp for a week and then I need to like do stuff and see the van. So I come back to San Diego. It's really just back and forth. But Henry is in his regular van again. I think the last episode or two or maybe three, uh, he was in a rental van from a company called VanCraft, which shout out to them. Honestly, we both loved the rental van and this was like not sponsored at all. I feel like I have to say that sometimes. This day and age, it's just all sponsored. So I feel like I always have to preface, but we loved the VanCraft van and it was just a great layout. It did its job like very well. It offered all things. I will say it should have had a toilet. The van did not have a toilet and I feel like a rental van. Maybe it's because that's gross, like everyone going in the same toilet in the van, but I don't know. Anyways, the van that we got, the 144 inch wheelbase, which is essentially the length of like roughly my van or Henry's old van. It's just kind of like this, it fits in a regular parking space size van. It's that one. And it was, I think, $120 per night that you have it. They do have the extended wheelbase, which is Henry's current size of a van. And that was like $150 or $160 a night. And then they also have like a minivan vibe for like $60 a night, where if you just want to like car camp, I don't know. They have several locations around like Salt Lake, Denver, and San Diego, and I'm just shouting it out because I know a lot of you guys want to kind of try out van life or maybe you just want to do it for a road trip or something. That was a great option, and we both really, really liked it. It does come with a shovel if you're really trying to live life like Henry and I and go to the bathroom into the earth, but I don't always recommend that for other people. I am upgrading to like a fancy toilet in this new van. So that will be quite a difference on my day-to-day basis, actually being able to go to the bathroom in my own home in a toilet. Also, since I'm mentioning that, I feel like I should just say the toilet I'm getting is called a Lavio and it's a dry flush toilet. I cannot go into the details right now because it's just, it's complicated. Every van toilet I feel like is so different, but it's not a compost toilet, which is what you see most of the time. Like nature said, I'm getting off topic. Today, we are talking to Abigail Martin, someone I have followed for years now. She got into van life like pretty young. And so I would love to talk to her just about how she kind of came to that conclusion. Like this was, like she just knew so early on that this was what she wanted to do. She lives in her van currently in Europe with her partner Dante and dog Archie. And we're going to kind of get into the details. She started in the United States with her dog, met a partner. Now they're in Europe. And so we'll get into the nitty gritty uh, in just a few minutes once I call her and we start chatting. It is very early in the day, so I am not going to be drinking wine for this one. Although I could, no shame, but I'm going to be having coffee. And honestly, my coffee to water and food ratio right now is 
I'm kind of unwell. So I feel like I'm going to be like extremely hyperactive during this entire conversation, but I will do my best. I will try. And I also have water that's freshly poured. So maybe I can start to combat the energy just a little bit from the coffee. Okay. I'm going to give Abby a call and we will get into the conversation. Hi. Hi. (laughs) How are you? Oh, I'm doing very good. How are you? I am fantastic. Where in the world are you? Oh gosh. So right now I'm actually (laughs) at the most southwestern tip of Europe. So in Portugal. But yeah, in a little town right on the coast and parked in a parking lot with about 50 other vans in it. So living the life. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I was going to ask later, but okay. We love that because does that mean that there's like vans all over the place or maybe just in Portugal there? Honestly, Portugal is just the van life hub of Europe we've found. So yeah, it's mainly just been in Portugal. We actually didn't run into many vans throughout France and Spain, but Portugal has been just van life city. So it's been awesome. I think I'm going to Portugal this year because I have these Trova trips this year and I'm going to make myself look really stupid if I don't know which one I'm going to Portugal before, but I think it's before Morocco because it's close to Morocco, right? Yeah, very close to Morocco. Okay, that sounds right. So, but I think because Shay's coming with me, we decided to maybe go to Portugal for just a few days before we have to start the trip in Morocco. Dude, do it. It is probably my favorite country we've visited so far. It's amazing. I have nothing bad to say about it. It's just, it's perfect. Oh my God. Okay. That's exciting. Portugal's not even really been on my list much, to be honest. I think just the lack of information, not because it doesn't sound fun. I just don't know a lot about it, but we were talking about where we should go before the trip and Shay suggested Portugal. So I started looking into it and I was like, honestly, looks like a good time. (laughs) Honestly, same. I didn't do really any research before coming here, which kind of sounds bad because we're literally living in a van here right now. But I've been so pleasantly surprised with everything in Portugal. Like the food is amazing. The people are amazing. and so nice. And the beaches are just like nothing you've ever seen before. Like I used to hang out in San Diego a lot and I think you hang out there a lot as well. And I would just love the beach in general and Portugal compared to like the California coast is just a million times more impressive. It's beautiful. Okay. What do you mean by that? Like how so? Okay. So one, you know how you find like a perfect beach on the coast, like in San Diego and it's great, but it's just so crowded. Like you're like, this would be amazing Mm. if there was nobody here. It's like that with every beach. Like you find a perfect beach and at least in the winter time, you know, in the summer it's obviously super crowded here but in the winter there's literally nobody here so you can just hang out on a beach alone by yourself and it's magical oh my god that sounds awesome is it warm there right now warm ish (laughs) it's been like 65 which has been good but today was actually really rainy and windy but it was nice to kind of have a break from the warmth so it's been good everyone wants to like punch you right now. Everyone is experiencing like an Arctic blast currently (laughs) in the Northeast. Sometimes my parents call me from Indiana and it's like, it was like negative, like, I don't know, something ridiculous, 17 degrees or something. And they were like, like, what is it like where you are? And I'm like, honestly, kind of chilly. It's like 55, 60 degrees today. And it was just so funny. Cause I mean, honestly, when you're in San Diego, like in the fifties, you're like, there's a little bit of a chill. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I know. Yeah. (laughs) My parents are the same way. We have like a big family family group chat and they're always sending pictures of like it snowed this much today in Washington and I'm like oh nice (laughs) Mm. did you grow up in Washington yeah I was born and raised there oh god okay where in Washington it's a little town called Chelan it's like right smack dab in the middle of Washington (gasps) like Lake Chelan yeah 
Yeah, okay, I almost went there, but I did not. But Bellingham is my favorite in Washington. Didn't really care for Seattle too much. Almost went to Lake Chelan, because I think this is so random. I've never had a tourism board reach out to me, ever. But the one for Lake Chelan reached out, and it was just, like, not... It just didn't match up with our travels. But they were like, we would love to come for you to check out Chelan. And they, like, experienced it. And I was like, where? I've, I'd never heard of it. But one of these days, we'll make it. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Yeah, Chelan, it's beautiful. I mean, I feel like since I was, like, born there, you know, when you when you spend a lot of time in one place, you kind of forget how magical it is. So every time I go back, I'm like, wow, this is so special. But, yeah, yeah definitely go if you have the chance. It's a beautiful place. Yeah, Washington in general is, is one of my favorites. Especially, I always do talk about Bellingham, but... Bellingham was just, it was one of those towns that you get to, and it was just like, it checked all my boxes in terms of van towns. Like, everyone being super friendly, all the coffee shops, the breweries, like, it was just good vibes all around. And coming for straight out of Seattle, not that I'm shit-talking Seattle, but it just wasn't my favorite. The vibes, it's really the energy, okay? Not to sound so lame, but, like, walking around Seattle, I'm like, I feel like I need to walk around with, like, a pocket knife. That's how I feel in Seattle. And in Bellingham, yeah. I was like, I felt a little calmer, everybody was smiling. I don't know, that sounds lame, but it was just Seattle freaks me out a little. No, I totally get it. Bellingham is definitely one of my favorite places as well. Like if I had to choose a place in Washington to settle down and buy property someday, it would be in Bellingham. It's you're right. Mm -hmm. It's so like the vibe is so much chiller there than in Seattle. Seattle, it kind of seems like you're just on edge all the time. But yeah. Yeah. I hope to have a property there, honestly, one day, maybe as well. Henry and I started to look, but Lord (laughs) only knows us van folk, I feel like talk about buying houses for about a decade and never do. So you never know. Okay. I think we all just have commitment issues. Facts. Okay, when we can jump into van life stuff, when did your van life experience start in general, the beginning of the journey? Take us back. And how did that start? Because I feel like you were younger than a lot of like this typical demographic than we like that we see online. Because I see a lot of people even my age, mid 20s, high 20s. And then also, I mean, it goes all the way up to like retirement and stuff. But if I remember correctly, you were like young, young, young. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so I'm 21. (laughs) And I'm currently going into my third van soon. Yeah, I basically in high school was always kind of craving something different. I wanted to be different than everybody else. I just wanted to stand out all the time, which made my life, you know, incredibly more difficult, but worth it. But yeah, I graduated from high school when I was 17. And I always had van life in the back of my mind. Like I was obsessed with watching, you know, the van life videos on YouTube. And I just didn't really think it would ever happen because my dad was mostly super against it. Now he's fully supportive. But at the time he was, you know, your daughter tells you they're going to go live in a van down by the river. What's your response going to be? And so he was very, you know, go to college, get a job. And so I kind of fell into that. Okay, that's what I'll do first. And I'll do van life sometime later in life. So I do that. I applied to Arizona State University, decided to take a gap year and move to Arizona so I could get my residency. And as soon as I got there, I basically was like, I don't like Arizona. I want to leave. I'm done with this. And I moved home six months later. And basically, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I was 18 at the time. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to kind of secretly start saving up for a van. You know, I told everybody I was just saving for college, but secretly I was like, this is my van fund. And I started working four different jobs and basically, yeah, saved up enough money. This is in 2020 when COVID was happening, but luckily saved up enough money to buy a van and started converting it while still working. And (laughs) I literally didn't even tell my dad about it until I kind of 
pulled into the driveway at home Stop. and was like, this is my van. And he was like, oh my God, what did you do? <laughs> and my mom was fully supportive, but it took some convincing on his end. But as soon as I started building it, he was very supportive. And yeah, I basically took five months to build it out and then hit the road and lived in that van for a year. And it was amazing. I had this plan to go down to all the national parks and travel really, really fast as much as I could. And then I'm sure you can relate to this. I got down to San Diego and I stayed there for like two yeah. months. But yeah, I lived in that van for a year. And after, you know, a few months, I had met my now boyfriend, Dante, and he had plans to move to Europe in the next year. So basically, once kind of the time was right and everything lined up, we both sold our vans because he was living in a minivan at the time. So we sold our vans and bought a van in Europe and moved here. And that's where I'm currently at right now. Wow. Okay. So we're going to rewind just a, a little bit. First of all, how did you meet Dante? Because I have questions about you guys jumping off of things all of the time. Just launching, launching your bodies off of cliffs. I uh, literally <laughs> do not understand. Every time you do it, I never would define myself until recently as someone who had like a, a general fear of heights. It's like standing on something in a tall building if the wall is made of glass does not freak me out. I feel perfectly safe. But if like, sometimes Henry and I have done like really sketchy hikes that people do every day and I'm assuming for the most part don't die. But like, if I feel like I'm one slip away from just going, I have a minor panic attack. Not anything terrible, but like I do kind of freeze for a minute and I like need Henry's encouragement and stuff. And so to watch the two of you, you guys were doing it like like you're a professional skydiver. Like you have all of the licensing and stuff, but now you're just like, there's a tall thing up there. We're going to go climb up and jump off. <laughs> it's like, it feels way more casual now, which just seems so scary. It definitely is. Like I definitely relate on the fear of heights. <laughs> I think everybody thinks that if you, um, you know, jump off of tall things, you're just immune to the fear of heights. But I, oh my God, I get so terrified every time. Like <laughs> all the videos, I never oh posed, <laughs> I never posed like the before of me jumping. It's just, you know, the jump itself. But in the before I'm like taking deep breaths and shaking and, you know, feel like I'm going to vomit and all that fun stuff. But it's honestly my favorite part about it is, you know, feeling that fear and just being like putting it to the side and just doing it anyway. Uh, it sounds really cliche, but just taking, you know, the leap of faith is, it's very empowering. But honestly, I get terrified every single time. <laughs> okay, so you get over the fear, you say goodbye, you take the jump. Does that fear go away once you're falling? Like for the first few seconds, like, are you like, oh, here it is. Like you kind of like rest and you're like, you know what's going on. And then you pull the pair. To be clear, she does, she has the, the backpack with the pair. Is it called a parachute? It is, right? I don't know if that was. Yes. Yeah, so you're saying yes, you do get a little more accustomed and a little more comfortable once you're in flight. Yeah, I mean, for skydiving, I still get nervous. I have like, what, 250 jumps, which is not a ton by any means, but like my boyfriend has like 4,000 jumps. <gasps> <laughs> But he's been doing oh it. God. He's been doing it for work for a long time. But anyway, in skydiving, you know, the whole plane ride up, you're always a little bit antsy and anxious. And, you know, there's some jumps where I do get pretty mm. scared. But as soon as you're out of the plane, it's just like, okay, instant, instant fear goes away. And it's a very, it sounds weird to say, but a very kind of meditative thing when you have nothing else to focus on except the moment itself. You know, you're not thinking about uh, the taxes you have to do coming up, any relationship problems, mm. friendship problems, like mechanical issues with the van. You're not thinking about any right. of that. You're literally just thinking about, oh my gosh, I'm flying right now. You know, it's fun. I want to go skydiving, but I can comfortably say that I probably never will. 
(laughs) (laughs) You should go. I actually went with Quinn a little while back. She did a tandem and I got to jump out with her like flying video for them. And it was so fun because we were just holding hands in the sky and I was like, yeah, it's so awesome. (laughs) The only way I'd ever jump out is if my eyes were closed when we left the helicopter or whatever, the plane or something like I need I need someone else to have be on my back and just shove me out with my eyes closed. Then I'll open my eyes. I think I could do it then. They can definitely do that for you. I love that. Maybe someday. (laughs) There's definitely like a lot of jumping in San Diego, right? That's where a lot of people do it. A ton. Yeah. San Diego is like skydive central. Lots of really cool drop zones there. Okay. Love that. Maybe goal for someday in the future. (laughs) (laughs) How did you meet Dante? So this is going to be really surprising, but we met skydiving. (laughs) Okay. That's what I assumed, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, so I actually hadn't got my license yet. I was doing my third tandem in Elsinore, Lake Elsinore, California. And Dante was doing a fun jump with one of my friends. And so basically he was there. My first impression of him, he was wearing flip-flops that were duct taped and rubber banded to his feet. And his helmet was like crooked on his head. (laughs) And he had these really funky glasses on. And I looked at him and I looked at my friend that was sitting next to me and I said, that's my type. And I decided right then and there that I was going to like pursue this. And he had no idea. He was just like having fun. But yeah, I invited him to a bonfire that night. We hung out and we remained friends after that for a few months until I invited him up to Washington to come do a little week long van trip with me. And the rest is history. We started dating right after that. So yeah. Did he move into the van or what, did he have a vehicle he camped slash lived in? Yeah, so he would live seasonally in his minivan. Like, he would live in Utah for the summers working at a drop zone there. And then he would go to California for the winters to work at a drop zone there. But California rent is super expensive. So Mm -hmm. he just built out this setup in the back of his minivan. And he would live out of that. So at the time, he was living in his minivan. Um, And then when we started dating, he was actually living with some friends in a house in Utah. I would spend the night in my van outside of their house parked on the street for like a month while he was still working. But instead of sleeping in the nice cozy bed that he had in the house, he would just sleep in the van with me. And that kind of It wasn't like an official move in together, but we were basically living together at that point. And yeah, after that, we started traveling in both vans together, but we were basically living out of mine and he just has a ton of gear. So we had to keep his van around because of how much gear he has. But it ended up being really nice because he was able to go do his his thing when he wanted to and I was able to do my thing and we had that freedom. So yeah, I love that. I feel like uh, it was like a soft launch of living in the van together, which is, I think, just nice to have, especially if you guys have like similar personality types. Like Henry and I just both having vans and both like, I feel like uh, the fact that he had a a livable vehicle to some extent or something and he was familiar with it. I feel like knowing how to just maneuver around a van or understanding, like trying to give people personal space, even if you're in the same vehicle, things like that. I just think it's so important. Like I can't imagine trying to date someone, not to say that it's not possible, but trying to date someone who had no experience with living in a van or being in a small, like a vehicle for, you know, trying to live out of it. I just don't think that that would work for me at all because I just feel like they would be in my fucking way all the time. (laughs) Like, I would just be like, you don't... I'm sorry, but you don't get it. Not to be mean, but, like, I just... I wouldn't want to play that game. I would get frustrated very quickly. So I feel like that's good that he had that. I feel that. Yeah, he... I mean, he had that to, like, a larger extent because he was in his minivan, so my van was, like, so spacious to him. But I've definitely had some friends, you know, I'm sure you can relate, come visit me in the van, and I have to, like, teach them how to do things. So yeah, yeah, dating someone who hadn't done that 
definitely would have been kind of a road bump in the relationship, I feel like. Yeah. You said that he, when you met him even, he kind of had plans of moving to Europe. Like, what did those conversations look like when you are talking about moving, like, selling your van, moving to Europe, having to get Archie, your dog, over to Europe? Like, what was that process like? Honestly, really stressful. Um, <laughs> it was yeah, it was a I'm whole ordeal. So. But... You know, when literally the first time we hung out alone, when we we weren't even dating yet, it was in Utah before he had made the trip up to Washington to come see me. He had had the conversation with me and it was just a very casual conversation of, oh, yeah, I plan to move to Europe, you know, in a year or two to pursue some stuff over there. He really wanted to travel. And I basically was like, "Okay, cool. You know, I'm very go with the flow. And hearing that, you know, didn't phase me at all. And it wasn't until we kind of got more serious in the relationship that I was like, okay, this is something he really wants to do. You know, what what do I want to do? And that was definitely a big debate in my head because I had mm-hmm. really had no interest in moving to Europe. I definitely had interest in traveling to Europe for sure. But moving there, I feel like it was a whole other ball game, you know? It takes a lot more work, but I love him so much. I would do anything for him. And obviously moving to Europe doesn't sound like that bad of a situation. So I was like, of course. And it took a good six months of planning before we actually left for Europe. But now we're here and we made it happen. But yeah, oh my gosh, it was was an ordeal. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure there's just like the longest list of all time of things that you have to get done and do to get there. How did you end up finding a van? to live in because you you bought an already built out van when you got there right correct yeah there's a bunch of ways honestly that we've learned to find vans in the uk because we bought this one in the uk because vans are just much more readily available there but we were just looking on facebook marketplace and this one popped up and we actually bought it four months before moving over here so we had this van for like Mm. four months and we hadn't even seen it yet or checked it out in person we just saw photos and we were like yeah that looks good and then we got over here and moved into it and worked out yeah what were the logistics like trying to get Archie there I know you have like you went through a whole process and you have like a unique situation with him as well also dear god teach me your ways of training a dog because Ella is a menace to society and every time you post videos of Archie I'm like okay that is just simply not my dog (laughs) like Ella, Ella could never honestly it was Another, that was probably the most stressful thing. So Archie, I've been training basically since I got him as a service animal, not for public access reasons, but just because when I got him, I struggle a lot with an anxiety and panic disorder. And, you know, it can make my vision blurry. Sometimes I have like fainting episodes. It's it's not fun. And so when I got him, I was like, oh, how cool would it be to train him to do tasks to kind of mitigate that? And so that was always kind of something we worked on. We did a lot of public access training. We did a lot of, you know, training on tasks. So he's, you know, fully trained in that realm. But when we were planning to move to Europe, he was still only a year and a half old. And I didn't feel like he was ready for a plane ride. Like, I didn't want to put him in a stressful situation that might make Mm. him uncomfortable, that he might not do well at. So I originally was planning on just shipping him in cargo because I had Dante with me as well. So I obviously wouldn't, you know, I would be okay if I had a panic attack and like said I was going to pass out or something. But we had this debate for a while on are we going to fly him cargo or are we going to take him on the plane? And I had him all booked for the cargo section of the plane, which basically how that works is you have a large crate, you put your dog in it, you go up to the oversized baggage area of, you know, where they load it onto the plane, basically, when you get to the airport. And they take him, you give them food and food and water, and they're good to go. It, he And he would have been just fine. But I realized having him under the plane while I was going there probably 
would have caused a lot more issues than just having him on the plane. So anyway, long story short. Wait, wait, wait. Why? Why do you say that? I, Why would it cause more issues? I think issues? I would have, like, honestly with me, I think I would have freaked out <laughs> knowing he was under there. Okay, that's why I wanted to know why, because I feel like knowing that Ella or Pearl was under there, I feel like would actually cause me a lot of panic and a lot of anxiety, and I would have the worst six hour, eight hour flight of my entire life. Like I'd probably be hysterically crying just being like, can I please go sit in cargo with my dog? <laughs> like, please. No, exactly. And I also have just, I'm in so many Facebook groups for the cargo dog flying thing. And I've just heard so many horror stories of, you know, dogs never being the same afterwards, not being okay with small spaces, which Archie lives in a van full time. He has to be okay with small spaces and just having behavioral issues after that. And after all of the training I had put into Archie, you know, we had been working for a year and a half on all of this. And after all of that training, I really didn't want to jeopardize it just because I didn't feel he was ready. So what we did instead was we took him to the airport before the flight. So a few weeks before the flight, we took him to the airport. We did a bunch of walking around. We did a bunch of training in that realm, practiced for TSA, practiced for, you know, getting on the plane. Through TSA, you have to like take off all of their gear and they have to, you know, stay and not be distracted. And one thing that we definitely had to work with Archie on was when we take off his gear, he goes into relax, you know, non-service dog mode. He's just like, oh, I'm free to do whatever I want now. And so that was that was a thing we had to work on. But we spent probably four hours at the airport doing a lot of training. And after that, I was like, okay, he's good to go. So after that, I basically emailed the airline, booked him on the flight and he sat in front of me the whole time on the flight and did great. He kind of just stared at me for like eight hours. <laughs> oh my god, a king. We love that. Yeah, he's the funniest dog, but he's great. I He's literally my support system. <laughs> yeah, he just seems extremely well behaved. Like, I mean, I'm sure he has his moments, like he's a dog, but I'm just saying like, it's like almost like Finn, where Finn is like very, he's like a human dog. Like sometimes Finn looks at me in the eyes and I'm like, you know exactly what I'm saying to you right now. And it feels weird. <laughs> no. Yeah. We always say Archie's like a little boy because he is, he's literally, sometimes <laughs> I look at him and I'm like, you're a human in a dog's body. Like you are for sure. Yeah. He's very, very emotionally attached to Dante and I and not in like an anxious way, but yeah, his, he is a, he's a very emotional dog. (laughs) Yeah. When did he come into the picture of your van life? Like journey? Was he with you the whole time? No, actually when I first got on the road, I was pretty against getting a dog because my, like I said, my goal when I got on the road was to go to all the national parks and do all the things. Mm. And so I was like, Nope, I'm not getting a dog. I'm just going to travel solo. Ended up traveling with some really cool people that had some really cool dogs and basically fell in love with all of their dogs so much that I was like, I need one of my own. (laughs) And also had it in the back of my mind that eventually in my life, I would love to train and have a service dog. So I didn't know if Archie was going to be the right fit for it, but basically was like, I just, I just want to get a dog. So I started searching. I was in Utah and I started searching on Pet Finder to look at rescue dogs and saw Archie on there and honestly Mm -hmm. thought he was a lot bigger than he was. He was four months old at the time and he looked in the picture like he was, you know, 60 pounds. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's way too big. Decided to go to the shelter anyway and he ended up being 19 pounds. Very small, very cute, such a good boy. And then took him home within an hour. So that's how that happened. I walked (laughs) out of the shelter and I was honestly just in shock. And then I spent five hours at Petco 
No joke. Okay, did you... Because that this was my experience. I was so much more scared about getting a dog than I ever was about buying the van, moving into the van, and hitting the road. Which now it's been... It has been a while, so I'm like, is this skewed? Like, was I terrified and I just don't remember? But I don't remember feeling anxious about living on the road. Like, I genuinely remember just feeling so excited because you're so focused on the build and, like, the logistics of it. Like, I didn't really even have time to be anxious about it. I was just so pumped to it to be done, to finally leave, and all of that. But the day... I got Ella. I remember looking over and she was in the passenger seat and I was in the driver's seat and I was like, what What the fuck do I do with you? Like, what am I, you're, why are you staring at me? Like, what do I do? How, what do I feed you? I started feeding her adult dog food right off yeah. the bat and she was like having horrible diarrhea. But on day two or three, my dad was like, you need to get her puppy food. And I was like, what's puppy food? Who? Why is there different types of food? I just bought dog food. Like I, I bought high quality in my opinion. I thought it was just dog food is dog food, but it was just, I knew nothing. I always have said Henry really, um, like taught me how to have a better relationship with Ella. And by the time I got Pearl, I already kind of understood. But when I met Henry, it was just a few months later. And I had been so scared the whole time I'd had Ella those first few months about just keeping her alive and keeping her safe and making sure she was okay that like we didn't really bond a whole lot during those first few months because I was literally just like I think she needs to go out I just spent all day like frustrated that I couldn't work because I was walking her she was a really tough puppy and then I met Henry and he was so calm with Finn and he loved Finn and they just like clearly were so bonded and I was like like as our friendship progressed like I could just feel my relationship with Ella progressing so much that was like the long a very long-winded way of just saying getting Ella really scared the shit out of me. Whereas moving into the van, which is what people would associate as being the scarier thing to do. I was like quite chill about and did not care. Yeah. I completely relate to literally everything you just said. <laughs> In the first few months of owning Archie, I was like, holy shit, what did I just do? How am I going to keep this yeah. little being alive? You go through so much when you first get a dog and you know, so many thought processes, but yeah, when I first got on the road, I was really not scared whatsoever, but when I got Archie, yeah, I was I was really terrified. And he mm. had he had this habit of getting into his toys. He would dissect them and just eat the plastic squeaker. And then he would throw it up in the middle of the night. And one of, I think, honestly, the moment we bonded mm. was the moment where I was laying in bed and I wake up and I look up and Archie is standing on me. And he looks down at me and he just vomits a plastic squeaker onto my chest. Oh, oh my God. And I was like, that okay... We're bonded now. We're homies. We This is the closest we will ever be. <laughs> and I knew that I loved him because I hate puke. I like, I literally have a phobia mm. about it. And I did not care. I was like, oh, my sweet baby. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. And you guys have been buddies ever since. Yep. <laughs> How is he like uh, adjusted to being in Europe? Do you think it's any, does he notice a difference? Is it like dog friendly there? What, what does that adjustment look like? It is so much more dog friendly than anywhere in the U.S. that I've been. That's probably my favorite oh. part of being here, honestly, is, you know, he can go everywhere with us and he would be able to anyway, just because of his service training. But here, it's like, there's no question about it. You know, you don't get asked everywhere. And he can go on any beaches. Uh, you know, pretty much all hikes are dog friendly. So it's it's just a really good scene. I will say, though, there are a lot of stray dogs and a lot of off-leash dogs. And we actually had an encounter with one today, which was not so fun. Basically, there was this off-leash dog at the beach, and he was not fixed. And his owner was out surfing. And so I look over my shoulder, and I see this poor girl 
holding her female dog and just trying to rip off this other dog that was humping her. And so I run over to them and I'm like, do you need help? And she goes, yeah, my dog isn't fixed and this dog isn't fixed and you know, my dog's in heat. And I'm like, okay, let me put this dog, random dog that I don't know, on a leash and walk him over here. So I hang out with him for a good 45 minutes. Once I saw that she had left, I let him back off. And then as we were walking up to the van to leave, I saw her yet again yanking this dog off of her dog. So I'm trying to get Archie to go in the van. And I told Dante, you know, go over and help her. I'm gonna get Archie in the van and we'll try to find this dog's owner or just tie him up somewhere. So she walks over with her dog as Archie's getting in the van and then her dog attacks Archie. (laughs) And then Archie just starts screaming. You know, he's not aggressive whatsoever. He's (laughs) like- Poor poor sweet boy. (laughs) He's literally just a big wimp. And so I'm holding him while this dog is like biting him and he's just like screaming and anyway I basically just grabbed him and threw him in the van and we had to like separate the dogs and it was this whole ordeal but oh my gosh that has happened a few times here (laughs) yeah oh my god that is honestly I feel like the United States is really one of the only countries I've been to that and I mean I know sometimes it's due to access but in other places it's maybe just due to like lack of knowledge and stuff but like just vaccinating the dogs, spay and neutering the dogs. Like, I don't know if people know, even in the States, that like an unneutered dog is A, far more uh, likely to run off because they might get a whiff of anything that they, you know, they're going to go in search of a female at any time. So a lot of unneutered males go missing way more frequently. And they're also way more likely to be aggressive and reactive when they wouldn't be that way if they were just neutered. And I did not spay Ella until she was like maybe a year and a half old because that they say that it's better for their health and stuff. But like, I just kept her on a fucking leash instead. You know what I'm saying? It does really bother me when people have unneutered dogs because Finn is kind of re- uh, reactive towards unneutered dogs only. Like, because he gets really sniffy at, with their balls. Sorry, TMI. But like, he really, he like, he just puts his face in them and then that dog gets pissed and then Finn gets pissed. And it's like this whole back and forth situation that just doesn't really need to occur. And I'm not trying to like... <laughs> you know, talk badly about anyone if you have an unneutered dog. But I'm just telling you, maybe if your dog behaves that way and they are unneutered or not spayed, that could always be why. I completely agree. Okay, so uh, logistically about Europe, did you do much research in terms of how to do van life there? I think you said earlier that you, you didn't do like a ton of research, but what has your experience been like if somebody wants to do van life Europe edition? Like what has been your experience just logistics of finding places to sleep? What countries have been more friendly than others? Yeah. For sure. We didn't do a ton of research going into it. We basically just researched how to get here and we were like, we'll just figure out the rest once we get there. The UK, I will say, was a great place to start because everybody speaks English and it's very, you know, friendly towards American people. And we had a lot of help there and we also have a lot of friends there. So I would advise, you know, flying to the UK and bringing a dog into the UK is one of the hardest countries to bring a dog into. But that's another story. Anyway, yeah, there it's very, very similar to the US, I will say. There's just different versions for everything. So instead of using iOverlander here, they use an app called Park for Night park and then the number four and then night and that has a bunch of sleep spots on it okay. it's basically the same thing as i overlander just a different app and it's more commonly used here so that was a thing and then you know instead of planet fitness that you have in the u.s to shower at when we were in the uk we got a pure gym membership and it was basically the same thing it was a little bit more pricey and a little bit harder to use but it was very similar i will say in 
actual Europe, though, like through France, Spain, and Portugal, the access to showers is a lot more scarce. So if you are planning to move to Europe and live in a van here, I will say that having a shower in your van, or at least an outdoor shower, is very useful because mm. there are a lot of places where there are just no public showers. So that's been a thing. Do you have a toilet? We do have a toilet. Yeah, I have a composting toilet. And I so in my previous van, I had the nature's head. In this one, I have the Ogo. Not super sure how I feel about it because there is a smell from this one, TMI. But in my last van, there was literally no smell. So I'm currently in contact with the company trying to get that resolved. But yeah, the toilet is also a necessity because pretty much all public toilets right now, since it's winter, and usually there's public toilets at beaches, you know, but since it's winter, a lot of them are closed. So yeah. Do you guys go to the bathroom in front of each other? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mostly, yes. But whenever one of us has to go, like number one, of course, you know, we all be in in front of each other all the time. But whenever anybody, just to not put it lightly, has to take a dump, I'll tell Dante to like some, okay, when it's really cold and raining out, he'll go sit in the front seat and put his AirPods on noise canceling and we'll light some Palo Santo and I'll play really loud music. And we just basically pretend that it's not happening Uh or he will venture up on to the skylight and sit on the van or he'll just go sit outside. And same with me. We give each other that privacy. And, you know, you give up a lot of privacy living in a van together. There's basically nothing that you won't know about each other. But that is my one thing that I will never compromise on. Like, I need my privacy. I need my alone time. I need that, like, peaceful relaxation time when that's happening. So, yeah, poor Dante has to leave. Yeah, that's... A lot of couples, especially in the van world, they do it in front of each other, and they watch each other. I talked to Jean and Shay. I think they've said this publicly... They wouldn't care. But, like, when they're going in front of each other, so, like, they'll, like, look <laughs> at each other and, like, make jokes and, like, just, like, comments about it. Like, I just remember Shay being, like, sometimes Jean looks at me and is, like, oh, babe, you're just so cute. <laughs> like, while she's, like, shitting on the never. toilet. I could never either. And I, listen, I admire it. I aspire. But, like, I just cannot do it myself. Like, I could pee in front of Henry all day long. But there, for some reason, the vulnerability of just the smell of whatever could happen is just like, no, I just, I cannot. I, maybe when we've been together for like a decade um, or like had children or something, but we're not there yet. I, yeah, I'm in the same boat. My, my friend Sarah, I don't know if you follow Sarah Yak. She's one of my really good friends. She posted the other day that her and her girlfriend Tori, you know, do it in front of each other. And honestly, not surprised because they are just the most outgoing people I know. But I was at the same time, it just made me rethink. I was like, is that what we're supposed to do? Like, is this not normal that I have to tell Dante to leave? (laughs) I was just like, wow, they're just much more evolved than Dante and I in that way. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there are some people that would think even what we do is like appalling. Okay, so you guys are in love and we love that. However, recently you've made the announcement that you will be moving unexpectedly or not unexpectedly, but like not, it was not in the original plan. You're going to be moving back to the States with Archie, your dog, but Dante will be staying in Europe. I'm assuming in this van that you're in right now. Yes. Okay. So how did you decide that that was like the best thing for you? Yeah. So like you said, it was very unexpected. That was not in the books for us when we first got here. Our plan was to move here for two years to travel around Europe and then to go back someday and buy property like this was going to be my last van that I lived in because the thought of building another van just terrified me but we got here and when we were living in the states 
we had two separate bands and it made it so that we were living together, but we still had that ease of access into our independence. You know, like if I really needed my alone time and especially because I, my job is social media, I hate filming around other people. So if I needed to film or get some work done or something, I could kick him out. He could go chill in his van or go for a drive or a base jump or whatever. And we had that freedom for ourselves, right? But when we moved to Europe and we moved into the same van together and we both don't really know anybody here and, you know, it's a new place, I basically just had this moment where I was like, this is not right in a way. And I had a lot of debates about it because in my head, you know, I was very conflicted because I thought that if I moved back home, then that would be the end of our relationship, even though our relationship is really good and we get along very well. We live together really well. We really don't have any relationship issues. You know, we don't fight. We don't argue. Like, everything is great. And so I was like, but if I move home, you know, he's going to hate me or something, which is was totally not true. But I decided to have the conversation with him and was basically like, I need my independence. You know, I got here and I realized because we, you know, were full time together in this van, there's just a lot of compromises that had to happen. I had this moment of clarity where I basically was just like, yeah, I need my independence. I want to go do my own thing for a little bit. I want to be able to see my friends. I want to kind of get back to myself a bit because in the last year, you know, following Dante around and doing all this traveling with him because we have been moving around quite a bit for his jobs that he works. I've felt very out of control in that situation in a way. So basically my plan is that I'm going back to the States in literally less than two weeks, which is just crazy to me. I honestly haven't processed it yet. I bought another van <laughs> back in the States oh. and I'll be converting that for six weeks in Joshua Tree. As soon as that's done, I'll be traveling for a few months in that in the States and then coming back to Europe for the summer. And our goals for this is to recoup some of our independence to, you know, go hang out with our friends and do what we want to do. Dante loves base jumping and I like air sports, but it's not my number one passion. It is Dante's number one passion. And I want him to go do it and not feel like held back from that. So anyway, the whole purpose of it is to basically gain some of our independence back to, you know, focus on ourselves for a little bit. And we're still, you know, dating, staying together. There's no breakup plan in the future, <laughs> hopefully. But yeah, I'm really excited for it. I think, you know, I'm 21. I am so young and I still have a lot of growing to do individually. So I'm excited to kind of do some of that in the future because, you know, when you spend so much time with someone, you inevitably gain some codependence and... I think that can kind of take its toll in the long run. Yeah, totally. I feel like that was such a mature and like responsible way for you to handle that. Like, I think a lot of people, myself included, especially at 21 and like friends and stuff would have, even if I was in love at the time, I feel like my head would have told me, oh, this person is just not for me then. Like, you know, he wants to stay here and I'm going to leave. And like, I guess that just means it wouldn't even be like, oh, he's going to hate me. I think I would just think, oh, which is so inaccurate and should not be the case at all. But that the, the noise in my head would like just tell me that. And I just don't think I would have communicated my feelings in that healthy of a way at all. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really tough to decipher how, how I was actually feeling because when we got to the UK, I was honestly just a mess. 
I like I didn't know if I was if it was like homesickness if I was just adjusting or if it was culture shock or what it was but I did a lot of journaling (laughs) and I did a lot of reflecting and I kind of just realized that yeah for the last year I've lost a lot of my independence in this relationship and I need to get back to that some way and it's really hard when you're living in a van full-time together to do things alone you know you can go for a walk alone you can do something alone but you can't just drop your partner off and say see you in a week you know yeah yeah and yeah so I ended up just kind of having a breakdown to Dante I was you know crying and I was like I'm feeling this way I don't know what to do I don't want you to feel like I don't love you or I you know that that I don't love living with you because I do but this is how I'm feeling and he is just the most emotionally mature person I have ever met and he was basically like yeah I understand that let's figure out a solution like let's find a way for you to do your own thing for a bit. And I pitched the idea of maybe I'll go back to the States for a few months, build a van, and then we can have a vehicle back there too. And he was fully supportive. So I am just so thankful to have him as a partner and to be so supportive of literally any decision I make. And he's just he's just my biggest fan. So I love him so much. But it definitely takes a very mature person like Dante to be able to handle your partner saying to you that they want to <laughs> live away from you for a while, you know? Yeah. Well, it really takes two people who are, I think, you know, at the baseline of committed to the relationship. Like, if we're both fully committed to the relationship, then that's what, like, truly matters and everything else can be, like, solvable, you know? Like, let's find a solution for your feelings as long as you still want to be in the relationship. And for both of you to, like, understand that so wholly and to, like, come to a solution that, like, that, I mean, that would be, that'd be hard even just to wrestle with for yourself being like, okay, I just planned for six months to come here, spent a few months here, and now I'm going to go back. But I I mean, I think you're going to be so much happier for it. I think the couples who you see live long term in the same van, first of all, a lot of times have been together for like 10 years prior or something like that. And I don't know that it comes across, it probably does, but on social media, just the amount of sacrifices you have to make when you do live in a van with one person. Like, that is why Henry and I are so firmly, like, and we, I mean, we talk about it probably too much, but, like, having two vans is so crucial to our relationship because I'm sitting here talking to you and he has Ella, first of all. He can take Ella and have her in his van because she would be in my way and I can feel like I can dedicate my time to you without having her as a distraction. But also, like Henry's not sitting right next to me right now. So I feel like even that, like, and after this, I'm probably going to go run errands, check on the new van, do my thing. And I'll see him in a few hours. Like we still travel together almost all the time, but just having hours during every single day where we get that to ourselves or like when we're working in the middle of the day, he works in his van and I work in mine. That has been probably the biggest reason we're still together and we want to be together is because we both not only understand it, but we both need that. Like, type of independence in our lives at all times. Honestly, yeah, I, I've i seen, I mean, I've been following you for a while now, and I've seen your videos on, yeah, you and you and Henry, you know, traveling in two separate vans, and I honestly didn't really get it until, like, I, I could understand, but I couldn't put myself in your shoes until I was in Europe living in a van full time. Like, you know, in the States, like I said, we had two vehicles, so we did have that little bit of freedom. But here we don't, you know, it's one van, it's two people and a dog. And it gets very claustrophobic when, you know, I told Dante today when I was working, I was just ended up getting really frustrated because I was trying to do some stuff and I just couldn't do it 
the same way with him sitting right next to me and it's nothing against him it's just like if you were in an office space like sitting in a cubicle and you had someone staring at you the entire time you'd probably get upset (laughs) you know yeah well and it affects like just productivity even like when henry's next to me my productivity is at 50 percent because i'm looking at him i'm talking to him i'm inter like not not that i have to entertain him but like there's just a an energy that's sitting right next to you and i'm like i just need all of my attention to be directed in front of me not next to me exactly yeah dante and i definitely find that when we are together we do less stuff like it's very easy to just hang out with your person and to watch movies and to you know sleep in and all that but when you're alone you have no other choice than to go do something or else you're gonna go crazy so (laughs) yeah yeah it's I think this is going to be the best move for both of us and obviously we're both very scared for it because for the last almost two years we haven't spent much time apart I think the longest we've spent apart is a few weeks or maybe even just a week and so we're both kind of curious to see how the first couple weeks go because it's definitely going to be very difficult. And I'm just accepting that it will be difficult. But we are also like equally as excited to kind of yeah. find balance and find ourselves again. So I think it's going to be a very good move. But, you know, obviously you don't know till you try. Maybe it'll be a terrible move, but <laughs> we love taking risks. I think it's going to be awesome, especially long term. You guys, like you said, you'll have a van in each place and you can bounce back and forth. Like, yeah. I think that's a great plan. And I feel like uh, also I'm sure like, you know, Archie's probably going to be sad initially and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, it's at least how Henry and I feel when we separate. Sometimes it's really nice for me to, and him to like bond. Like, I want to just lay in bed with Ella and Pearl and like have that me time with my dogs. And I consider Finn to be one of my dogs now. But it's nice for Henry because we don't often walk them separately like if we're taking the dogs out we take all the dogs out yeah and so ella is so bonded with henry but it's like really nice when we get those nights alone and it's just like me ella and pearl and i'm like yeah you are my girls you're my babies you were my babies like i don't know if that's a healthy way to perceive it but it does feel that way and it feels like a nice little reconnection of them understanding that like because i want to be their person like call me selfish but like i want ella to be looking at me in every room like that's my mom (laughs) and so it's nice it's nice to like reaffirm that sometimes i think yeah for sure i think there's also a really special feeling about being alone and having you know it brings you back to that moment of you know getting on the road and everything the world is your oyster you know you enter the world of self-discovery and i feel like spending that alone time and kind of reconnecting with your dogs like that and you know especially when I get to reconnect with Archie by us spending alone time it takes me back to a few years ago when I was just a little baby getting on the road and I was taking my first planet fitness shower you know (laughs) those little moments and it's important to you know sit and reflect on it a little bit and to yeah you know remember where you came from so I think it's always so fun to yeah bond with the dogs and get back to yourself a little bit. And alone time is just so crucial in any relationship. So I love that. Yeah. I love that you said that. I feel like that's so, so true. Hopefully that's exactly what you feel and experience once you're back over here. So, okay. What is the plan? You're going to come back here in two weeks. Joshua Tree, I was just with Travis. He said he was going to help you with some of the van stuff and you're going to build it out. You'll have van number three. And then like, do you have any travel plans? Where, where are you looking to go? What do you want to see? Yeah. So we're basically, I rented an Airbnb in Joshua Tree for six weeks. So that is our timeline. Hopefully we'll be able to pull it off. 
<laughs> no pressure or anything. But yeah, Travis will be helping me build it. I'm planning to document the whole series. So I'm really excited for that. During my first fan build, I was very clueless and I had no idea what I was doing. And I told myself I was going to document it and didn't end up doing it because it was a lot of me staring at my electrical system for three hours and not doing anything. Mm -hmm. So anyway, with this one, since I kind of know what I'm doing now, and since I'll have Travis there, I'm planning to film a lot of it, document it, post about it, which I'm really excited for. I love creating stuff. So after that, I really have no solid plans. I honestly, my main goal is just to go reconnect with a lot of my friends to do a lot of traveling with Archie. I want to do some backpacking and just spend a lot more time in nature and a lot of time creating. So yeah, I have really no, I'll probably be on the West Coast because I'm always on the West Coast in the States. But as far as that, that's kind of my only travel plan as of now. And then in July, that's when I'll be coming back to Europe. Um, and then I'll be spending July and August. August in Italy and Switzerland. So, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> jealous. I'm jealous of everything that you're doing. I think all of it just sounds just like so much fun. And I love that you are, I mean, you're creating all of that for yourself, you know, like to anyone who doesn't know how to do it or doesn't know what they're doing. Like, I'm sure you would testify to the fact that like, neither do you like you're just like taking it one day at a time as we all are so i feel like you know a lot of people they just don't know how to get started and they like where would the, how would they ever do van life in switzerland or italy or anything it's like honestly you just gotta yeah. make it happen <laughs> you just have to like write out a list of steps that'll get you there and just start you know checking them off one at a time yeah, honestly we're all just we're all just doing our best we're all just figuring it out i have no idea what i'm doing i feel like my you know if you follow anyone on social media you think you know, they have their life together and everything's sorted out, but we're all just winging it. Right. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We've been talking about doing this for a while. Not that anyone listening knows that, but I've wanted Abby on the podcast for an eternity and just with both of our lives going in such random directions and your move to Europe and just being so busy and stuff, we just haven't made it happen until today. So I'm so happy that you were able to join me and share your story. And this is the first time that we've really got to sit face to face and, and talk about everything. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been, you know, so fun. I love, you know, obviously chatting with fellow van lifers. It's just very comforting to mm -hmm. feel heard and to have a very relatable conversation. So yeah. And like you said, we've been planning this for so long and I'm just, I'm so glad it finally happened. So yeah, me too. Okay. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for uh, sitting down and chatting and I will tag Abby in all of the things on Instagram and in the description of the podcast. If you want to follow her, obviously you definitely should. What platforms do you like do mostly post on mostly? How do you say that? <laughs> what do you yeah. do? Mainly, uh, <laughs> mainly Instagram and TikTok. And then I'm starting YouTube a little bit, but yeah, YouTube soon. So, okay, cool. Well, yes, follow Abby and you will see us together shortly once she makes it back over here to the U.S. <laughs> Heck yeah, I am so excited. Okay, bye.